Good morning. It's Iowemala here in northern Illinois where we're having getting cold weather. I see desperation in my uh, squirrels these days because they're trying to eat as much as they possibly can and they're all getting chubby, getting ready for the winter. But they're still out every single day, just, just as greedy as they can be. <laughs> So we're getting close to Halloween, and I wanted to show you the, uh, what a perfect, what a perfect uh, Halloween. Years ago, I think I found these. Uh, they're little rubbery skeletons. They're not very tall, like a foot. And uh, I found some. I think it was at a church bazaar, church sale, and. Of all, these are the only Halloween decorations I have. And a lot of you will understand why. Because <laughs> I, 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 I usually keep one out, but um, I have three hanging on my patio door. The squirrels were really interested the day I put these up. It, for the first time ever, I saw them climbing on my screens to get close to these. So, if you're Buddhist, you understand why the skeleton is a, is of value and is important even, I think, even as a symbol. Because when we are working, okay, when we're working on understanding this body and getting in touch with our body and the fact that this body is not who we are, not me, not mine, not who I am. And also just learning the experience of our body so we can practice mindfulness of the body. But a big part of that mindfulness is that this body is not who we are. And so one of the meditations that we do is, uh, you know, when we do a body scan and if we do the scan using the elements, the, the bones, our skeleton, this is the element of hardness of earth. And so you can do a scan just going through feeling the, the hardness, or you can feel the skin and the flesh and the bones. And that can be a way to do a body scan. So pick up a skeleton. I think I must have paid for a bag of about... I've gotten rid of several, so I just have three left. But I think I found them at this uh, rummage sale and probably paid 50 cents for about eight to ten of these skeletons. It's not morbid. When I was in Sri Lanka, I thought it felt like every monastery and, uh, and temple, some of the temples I was in, there was somewhere and at the monastery where I was ordained, and then I started seeing it everywhere, there would be a glass case with a real human skeleton in it. And it would be in the temple, usually up uh, kind of over to the side, but at the front, up where the, where, to the side of the Buddha. And at first I thought, wow, that's kind of strange. And then I realized it's it's not strange at all because it could be some it could be um, a visual aid to help you in that meditation of the body. 
and remind us that this is this is the physical body, you know, completely unadorned. Um, and and after all the flesh has been eaten away. So I really like these, and they're a beautiful reminder. And uh, maybe if you're out in the stores and you see any small plastic skeletons, go ahead and pick one up and hang it somewhere as a reminder. Or you can practice the uh, scan the body and just be aware uh, of the uh, of your organs and all of the parts because we're made up of the four elements. So fire, wind and air and earth and water. And that's one of the meditations when we're really uh, examining the body and watching it and observing it. And you know, traditionally uh, in the Buddhist day, he would send monks to go to the charnel grounds and they would sit and meditate there, and so they were surrounded by bodies, uh, dead bodies, and bodies decaying at different different degrees of decay, and uh, and meditate on impermanence and what what is not who we are, and that's our physical body. We're much more than that. So I'm sharing bits. I know Halloween is next Saturday, so I'm sharing one of my favorite uh, favorite objects for Halloween. One of my own only objects. That's my decoration. So um, I just realized, and I wanted to share this with you, that if you go on, it's on YouTube, which is the easiest thing to access for me. But uh, on YouTube, if you subscribe to, uh, it's uh, Sounds True. Sounds True does all the audio books, and they have incredible talks with people and authors. But Sounds True has uh, Sharon Salzberg's complete, I think it's 10 days of uh, loving kindness practice. And her talks are wonderful. I've been studying and uh, have a, a really great poly teacher who's been even giving me some material to look at. I've been studying recently the uh, what what would be better translations for the word metta, which we usually translate as loving kindness. And in fact, when I do a sutta study this afternoon with the Florida group, we're going to be talking about that and reading some of the different loving-kindness suttas. And what I've what I felt recently is that loving-kindness is a difficult... Diff, well, it's always been a difficult concept. Um, and I think there are better... I think there are better words, and sometimes I've seen in this recent period of so much polarization in this country and all over the world, that the thought of loving-kindness, the, the loving part maybe chokes in people's throats. And uh, that doesn't mean that it's not the right word. That doesn't mean that I mean, maybe we have to choke sometimes to, to uh, get some insight into our own development, our own, our own uh, prejudices. But I've been looking for a word that 
that encompasses the quality. And Sharon Salzberg today, who's who's the American go-to person on loving-kindness practice, says that the word she favors now is connection. That other words seem to fall short and also can feel weak to people, or maybe they're being foolish, uh, sending kindness or love just out, like it's a kind of random, maybe not very meaningful expression anymore. But she talks about connection. And the word I've been leaning towards is goodwill. Because goodwill is when we can wish someone peace and finding true happiness. And we know that even if it's our worst enemy, if, if we send them wishes to find peace and to find true happiness, that can only make them uh, a better person. It doesn't make them, it, you know, it's not sending them wishes to uh, just continue the way they are. It's sending them pure, pure feelings of, I wish you the best. I wish you, I wish you like that health and that freedom to be, to be, to be loving and to be kind. So I like her word connection because that's the other thing that we're trying to do is recognize our connection with every other living being, recognize how we're tied in with each other. And so for the other person to be truly at peace and truly finding true happiness, not artificial uh, more, more, more stuff happiness is is actually asking for the best in our fellow human humankind and for ourselves. So I was looking over the uh, the meta practice that I like so much in the book, this small book, Peace and Kindness. And it's they are using it's the guided meditation on meta, but the words that are used are all about connection seeing and feeling connection. So whether we like it or not, we are connected to all other living beings. And if we're if you're living in America, we're all connected, I'm sure comically to other to all the other uh, beings in this country. So we our lives kind of rise and fall depending on the relationship we have with the other. And it begins with the people we're closest to, and it extends out all the way to include beings we can't even imagine. So it's it's more and more important to practice metta. And I think we have to come to terms with recognizing the connection with all beings. We We don't want to be in denial about that. So if we're having trouble with maybe even people who are our favorite relatives or uh, favorite neighbors, and now we're, we're at odds with each other because we can't agree on certain issues, uh, we need to really look at that and think about these connections are important. These connections are, uh, if, we, if we break and lose all of those connections, 
then we're probably in more danger of sliding into kind of zealousness or fanaticism or uh, you know only thinking one way and we need to we need to be always opening our hearts and our minds and let's resist the temptation it believe you me as my mom my family would say it's uh it this is not i'm just not talking to you i'm talking to myself too it's really easy to just want to uh, see the divisiveness and forget the connections and the connections are very basic we are sharing this planet we are sharing our day-to-day lives we are sharing our futures because our decision makers are coming from all different directions we need to see our connections to them we need to understand why people why everybody doesn't think the same I don't think we would like it if everybody did think the same. I think it would it would probably create uh, more havoc in the world than we could we could realize. But I think we have to really pay attention to that, and uh, I think that can be a good way to deal, even to deal with anxiety and worry you may have, and uh, that soften. It's in the Buddhist teachings that's often called restlessness, that anxiety, that worry. It keeps us from focusing on what we would like to have as our the task at hand at hand. We run around worrying and being anxious about things, and what happens at the end of the day? We didn't get done what we wanted to get done. So um, this is a time to be thinking more and more about it. And then, what happens in the end, here we are for a while. Even this is impermanent. So, I think I'm, I have to close this door. It's a little too chilly for that nice breeze. So, what I'd like to do is, is do our uh, guided metta meditation and listen to the words because... I think, yeah, I think this this suits me. I I think I'm a little bit concerned about the words loving kindness in these days, and I think we need something that's definitely stronger and doesn't imply any kind of weakness, but really helps us wake up to the reality of the world and our relationship with everyone. I don't want to find a word that makes us feel, ah, that's better. It it means I don't have to fully commit. I want it to be, I want us to feel that this is a deep commitment. This is a deep, important part of our practice. So let's do that. And um, that's how we'll end today. Consider this quietly on your own, or get a friend to read it out slowly to you. So let me be that friend. You can come back to the recording over and over. And as I'm sure you know, this is my favorite, favorite new meditation on metta. Stop for a few moments. Sit quietly with a straight back and gently close your eyes feeling the rhythm of the breath as it enters and leaves the body 
Allow yourself to let go of past and future and come into the present moment, being with exactly what is now. Bring your attention to the feeling of the body, accepting it just the way it is, with kindness. Allow yourself to accept all the sensations and feelings of the body completely. Breathe in deeply with a sense of trust and well-being. Breathe out, letting go of tension, allowing any tightness to dissolve. Now focus on the body breathing. Just the feeling of breathing in, breathing out in your normal breath. Imagine yourself surrounded by light, perhaps a golden light, if you like gold. Being with the sensation of the body breathing in, breathing out. Draw the light into the body as you breathe, maybe through the nostrils, the heart, or the head. Imagine light saturating the body through every pore. Think to yourself, may this being be well, and turn the calming effect of the meditation towards this being. May this being be calm. Suffuse your whole body with this calm and kindly attention. Now let your awareness explore the body moving around the head and face, gradually down the neck, the back, and the chest, spreading right down the fingertips, then down the legs to each toe, drawing on the good energy of the breath, expanding and embracing the heart. Focusing more on the out-breath. Let go of the memories, the grudges, the grievances. Let it all go. Begin again with each breath. Picture yourself in your mind's eye as you are now. Make peace with this view of yourself through forgiveness, compassion, gentleness. May this being be well. Suffuse this picture with gentle, warm light from the heart, then let it go. Next, picture your parents. Let them into your mind. Make peace with their image. May you be well, bathing them with soft light, with gratitude whether they're alive or whether they've passed on. Observe thoughts arising, maybe memories of yourself as a child, perhaps something painful or something you have never made peace with. Let it be in the mind, in the light. Then bring up an image of your daily situation at home or wherever, 
with the people it involves. People you like or dislike, feel conflict with, love, fear, or worry for. May these beings be well. Put aside aversion, fear, worry, guilt. At this moment, allow yourself to be kind. Think of someone you know who is having a difficult time. Send these feelings of kindness towards them. Breathe in light, breathe out wishing them well. Gradually open up more and more from the people you see every day to nobody special, and even those for whom you have hardly a memory. Recognize them as human beings with ambitions, hopes, problems, anxieties, joy, just like you. Give them some life in your perceptions. And even more remote, acknowledge all the people you can conceive of in this world. This may be a faint feeling, but open up the heart to allow them into consciousness, to be felt. See what the mind does, how it reacts indignantly about some people, such as political figures. Let go of that indignation for this moment. Allow a sense of peace to envelop all beings, the liked, the disliked, familiar and unfamiliar. And then imagine the planet Earth as seen from space. Just allow yourself to be out in space looking down at the Earth. Extend this sense of peace to the planet we live on embracing it with your heart, surrounding it with light. Turn your attention to that sense of peace and light. Allow it to expand outwards without limit, letting the sense of me and the world dissolve in the stillness of the present. And turn your attention back in towards itself upon the feeling of knowing the screen of the mind, the place where images arise. Let it be quite empty or full, choiceless, being illuminated by the soft light from the heart, light from the breath, warm, gentle, beginning, letting go, patient kindness. Gently come back to the rhythm of the breath, and when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. Another thing that Sharon Salzberg said was to remember that the Buddha taught metta practice for his monks and this is one of my favorite stories. So he taught it to the monks who were fearful of the, the noises and the, the ghosts and goblins they thought they were experiencing in the woods where he had sent them to meditate. He taught them loving kindness. He taught them metta practice. 
as an antidote to their fear. And he knew that the fear that the monks had was the same fear that the the devas and the spirits who lived in that forest had of the monks. They were afraid of the monks, and so they were making those noises and uh, trying to frighten the monks away. They didn't know what the monks were going to do coming and living in their woods. They were afraid they were going to be pushed out, driven away. And so the monks wanted to leave, and the Buddha said, no, let me tell you what to do. And he taught them metta practice. So I think fear is one of the things we're all experiencing these days, fear of the unknown, fear of the future in so many ways, economically and uh, with our health and with the political scenes all over the world and with environmental changes. So remember, metta practice, this practice of goodwill, is an antidote to fear. And this is a practice that when we practice it, we're really helping ourselves we're letting go. It's helping us purify our minds to let go of our fear of the, of the unwelcome, of the unknown, of others. So let it be your constant companion. And I think, I think it's, it'll be a big help for all of us. Thank you so much for sharing practice with me. And I'll see you Tuesday.